All right, so on today's show, uh, we uh, had the wheel drawer game, and it was Dragon View, which uh, I can honestly say I've never heard of. Have you heard of that before, Josh? I have not. So uh, basically, a little synopsis of it is a young warrior in training, Alex, lives in an isolated village with his girlfriend, Katrina. Life for the young man is pretty ideal until a once fateful day when a mysterious wizard shows up, promptly overpowers anyone daring to stand in his way, and teleports away with the sweet cat in tow. That sounds pretty weird. Vowing the rescue is beloved and forces of evil, Alex grabs his sword and embarks on an epic quest that will not take him around the world, a journey that will not only result in him saving his girl, but also the entire world. The mission, that is. So basically, Dragon View is released later in the life of the Super Nintendo in 94. Uh, in Japan, it was Super Draken, and uh, known as Draken 2. Apparently, it was a uh, sequel to a game that everybody loved. Uh, it uses a pseudo 3D overworld system uh, for which... Alright, so on today's show, uh, we uh, had the wheel drawer game, and it was Dragon View, which uh, I can honestly say I've never heard of. Have you heard of that before, Josh? I have not. So, uh, basically, a little synopsis of it is a young warrior in training, Alex, lives in an isolated village with his girlfriend, Katrina. Life for the young man is pretty ideal until a once fateful day when a mysterious wizard shows up, promptly overpowers anyone daring to stand in his way, and teleports away with the sweet cat in tow. That sounds pretty weird. Vowing the rescue is beloved and forces of evil, Alex grabs his sword and embarks on an epic quest that will not take him around the world, a journey that will not only result in him saving his girl, but also the entire world. The mission, that is. So basically, Dragon View is released later in the life of the Super Nintendo in 94. Uh, in Japan, it was Super Draken, and uh, known as Draken 2. Apparently, it was a uh, sequel to a game. That everybody loved. Uh, it uses a pseudo 3D overworld system uh, for which. So basically, me and Josh have never played this game, nor have I even heard of it. Uh, one of the things that was very strange as soon as uh, we turned the game on was the weird intro. Uh, did you notice that, Josh? I did. It was like a cutscene before cutscenes were really a thing. And it threw you off because it was just the main character, Alex, if you kept his name that, and the mistress, Cat, or whatever her name was in the end. Just sitting there underneath a tree overlooking a pond? Yeah, it was like they were having a picnic. And it was kind of weird. And then all of a sudden, I guess it was this storm that come rolling in. And it didn't really explain a whole lot from it. I don't know if this is part of the way the, ga the original game ended. But uh, 
I did notice it was it was strange. It, it was definitely not the normal. I don't think. No, it, it did. Like you said, it looked like it was a wrap up from the previous game. It looked like this was like, oh, here's all sunshine and rainbows. This is how the the previous one ended. Let's bring you back into the that scenario, and then all of a sudden, like you said, the the storm came in, and like, oh, here comes the bad times again, and it makes you wonder, like, the first game itself. The Drakon one, or whatever you want to call it, did it have like was there something symbolic about the storm rolling in? Like, did it start like that? That's what I wondered, and I was just like, I mean, it, it wasn't like it bothered me that much. It's just like I wonder this ties into another game, and then I'm like, I don't care. So I, I, I let it get dismissed pretty quick. I was just like, all right, I've seen enough of this. I want to hit the start button and then get this game going. I'm not gonna lie. I did too, but also at the same time is, you know, whenever we were in the era of the Super Nintendo thing, like living in America, we had Final Fantasy 1, Final Fantasy 2, but in Japan, really that was what, Final Fantasy 4 at the time or something like that? I can't do Final Fantasy math. That That's a whole different that, thing itself. It, it's a special kind of math. But like I said, it, do, it did make it feel like we were missing something. So when the game started up, it was kind of a typical Super Nintendo game. Uh, you know, it's, I will say that uh, it was classic 90s that in the first few minutes, there was a Shirley joke in which they said, <laughs> Shirley, you know, you didn't mean this. And the, the trainer, the knot, said, don't call me Shirley. And I'm like, it didn't really connect in uh, 2022, but that was probably pretty funny when I was like, 12 years old playing Super Nintendo back then. I'm not going to lie, I chuckled because it referenced Airplane for me. Well, <laughs> and, and that was it. You could tell they were pulling out all the stops. Uh, so, you know, once you started, uh, basically, you know, your girl gets kidnapped, and you're walking around the town. It's kind of side-scrolling. I kind of dig it. Uh, graphics weren't nothing that just blew me away, but, I mean, they were fine. And, uh you know, once the game progressed, you had to uh, basically go to the armory straight off. And then that's where I had a, a little bit more problem with the game. Uh, what do you think about the first town, Josh? The first town wasn't bad. Like I said, it actually the way the graphics were is I thought more on the side, they were on the higher quality because like I said, it was, this is the later stages of the Super Nintendo lifespan. So that means they were probably a little bit more graphics induced a little bit more to it so i was fine with that i thought I, I give it a, i give it a pretty high rating on the graphic wise you know versus some of the other games out there uh the side scrolling i really enjoy because it's classic super nintendo classic stuff like that first town wasn't terrible but like you said going from there got a little rough really quick one of the things that they were really looking to get into was a uh, hybrid gameplay, uh, and you definitely get that. Uh, one of the things that they were really looking for from the Wikipedia page is they were looking for player-driven, undirected exploration, and you pretty much get that. So uh, once you leave the town, you go into this, uh, I would guess you would call it somewhat of a 3D world. Uh, uh, We'll get into this when with what makes and breaks this game, but it is definitely different. Uh, and hey, I'm a guy that I like something that's original, and uh, this is definitely like uh, I don't think I've played a game that kind of combined this together. Now, uh, when you're in the town, you know you can uh, 
you have your typical jump and slash, and the controls were pretty crisp on that. Uh, there wasn't really a whole lot that you needed to do. Uh, one thing that was strange was while you were in the towns, you could move up and down, and I've seen uh, people, you know, said that this was a combination between uh, Zelda, uh, the second Zelda for the Nintendo. Uh, there's a lot of references to that, and the first thing that came to my mind was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade game because you can actually move up and down on a plane. So while you're doing your beat-em-up, it's not like you're just running straight. You can actually move, you know, uh, lateral and vertical up and down. And that part was actually pretty cool. Uh, don't think that I ever mastered any of it, but when I seen that somebody said it was a mix between Zelda and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I was like, that's pretty close to it. Now, when you get out into the 3D world where you're out exploring, uh, I don't know what the hell you would... Uh, say that is similar to because i don't think i've ever seen so it reminded me of an atari game like it, it was pretty much like an atari game now you would find random stuff like caves and and there was places that you would have to go and then it would go back into uh the side scrolling beat em up which was cool but uh there was also when they say there was undirected uh player exploration they were right with that because there would be several times I'd be walking through there and I just find like a random tree with a door in it. And, you know, you never knew it. It could be a weapon. It could be magic. Uh, there's definitely, uh, I feel like if you beat the game, if you played the game uh, and you went back and you replayed it, you would find stuff that you didn't see the first time. I, I have no doubt at that. Uh, what do you think about it, Josh? I agree with everything on that. Like I said, it was more of, like I said, the throwback. It was like the Ninja Turtles, the side-scroller. Well, the side-scroller with depth. Like, you actually had to have some form of depth perception to make sure you got the enemies before they got you, which also allowed you to avoid more besides just trying to jump or anything like that. Like, you had a little bit of range where you can move to get out of their attack range, which was really interesting for that time frame. Uh, I do agree, though, on the map. Like I said, they, they do tell you that, and there's no... They tell you a general direction and which way you need to travel to get to your next objective point. There's no marker. There's no indicator of it. And it's the mist monsters, or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to call them. Uh, when you're traveling in the world, like in a typical, like... RPG that was like a Final Fantasy. It co you know, you walk for so long and then it warps you into a fight. On this, it basically looked like a mist, a little dust cloud. You couldn't really tell what it was, to but me, as they got closer, uh, it would basically suck put you, you into in. a side-scrolling battle. Yeah, I, I summed it up as like a mist monster mixed with butterflies or something because it looked like they were fluttering. I don't know what to call them. But what is weird is sometimes you would see these things coming through. And you would actively try to hit them because I was like, well, I need to level up a little bit. And sometimes you couldn't hit them. It wasn't like they were always coming for you. There's several times where I was having to chase them down. And I don't know if that was something that was necessarily planned or just a part of it. No, and they were faster than you too, which made it uh, which made it impossible to catch up to them sometimes unless they had to make a turn. You had to have that right angle to catch up to them. Yeah, and, and that is true. So I do think that... Uh, if somebody showed you the, the world map that you had to travel on, and then they showed you the side-scrolling action, there's no way that you would put this together and say, hey, this is the same game. Which is why I think it was pretty ambitious on what it was trying to accomplish, and I'm not necessarily mad about that, but uh, I'm not sure that I was 
ready or prepared. Uh, it, it definitely uh, was a surprise. And I'm sure on the Super Nintendo, that was probably, you know, somebody, this was their master plan. This was their baby. This was going to be like nothing else. And they were right, but I'm not sure that it necessarily came out the way they planned on it. Like I said, it was the end of the Super Nintendo era at that point. It was transitioning over to the next consoles. And I think this was a last-ditch effort because I don't think they had the clearance for this game to progress to the next console. So they're like, well, we're going to try to pull in all the stops for this game. I think that's fair. So, uh, you know, the graphics were cool. The uh, The music was okay. I think it pretty well went along with... Uh, what you know the game was trying to do it it sounded like normal rpg music uh typical midi music uh i enjoyed the music personally i think like i said it was very normal for the part of the chorus and everything but the sound effects itself were all right too like i said that they were good it's just i think i think at times i don't think they had a the music sort of dies down a little bit through certain areas and i don't know if that was intentional or it may just been my copy of the game that i played well i do think that when uh, you hear a fire sound effect in there that's exactly the way i think a fire sound effect is going to sound like i think they nailed a lot of the sound effects and, and while i'm not a huge music guy with it i thought it was definitely uh perfectly fine uh so i think that was probably some of the better parts into it but Speaking of the better parts, I guess that's going to take us into the next section where we're actually going to get down and tell you what made and what was make it and break it in this game. So uh, I think probably the f easiest thing to do will be go into what we think is the worst part. Uh, is there anything that just stood out in your mind? The absolute worst crap you could figure with this game, Josh? Oh, of course. It was a world traveling map. Like, it was trying to navigate the world with no direction or whatsoever. If they would have went with a map similar to, like, a Final Fantasy, I think they would have been perfectly fine with it. But they were trying to get a little more detailed. And I can tell you, the map was god-awful. Uh, you had roads, I guess. Not that they really mattered. I ignored uh, them. They, and you would get maps from, uh, you know, various uh, missions or village folk. Uh but, man, it, it was bad. I mean, it looked like, to me, I feel like the side-scroller was like a Super Nintendo game. I felt like we were playing a Nintendo or Atari game in the uh, world map. And then the worst part is I could even deal with that. But you couldn't pull up your world map while you're traveling. So you just randomly travel in a direction, which, you know, you do have your northeast, west, south. But then you're like, hey, I wonder how close I am. And then you pull it up and you've been walking like, slightly at an angle so then you got to go back and so then when you start there was just no way of finding your objective now that might be a little bit more of a victim of today's games where you have the arrow that says hey travel to this spot but uh, I, that was very frustrating i mean pretty much everything in that world map was pretty frustrating i agree with that and uh with the whole victim of the now game now day games and all that stuff I agree with that because I don't know if you've done it or not, but I did. I try to play Red Dead Redemption 2 on the basic settings to where you didn't have that. You had to navigate everything by memory or by word of mouth. It was extremely difficult. Would you rather play that without any direction or this game in the, the 3D world? 
I would rather play Red Dead, 100%, <laughs> just because at least I have some entertainment as I'm not having to try to track down the mist monsters. So, and, and I don't know how many times I would get to a spot where I'm trying to go in a door. Okay, th- this is it. I don't know oh, which run, is worse. running into the wall and you couldn't access the door? You of had course, to back up? Of course, every door they're going to put a damn pillar or yep. a rock. And heaven forbid you nick the corner of it. Yep. You would think, hey, I can pivot around. <laughs> but there was no pivot. You would have to back your ass up, miss monsters jumping on you, and walk directly through it. And it's like, for the love of God, uh, that that is a tie with what pissed me off the most with this game, as well as every time I walked out of a town, I walked right back in the damn town. Yep. And that was very frustrating as well. Yep. You have to enter the town at a direct angle. Like, it had to be a straight-on angle. You couldn't enter it from the side or anything. Because you would magically hit the town's gate or pillar or whatever you want to call it. Then, like I said, you had to back up. Hopefully that you were decent on health and was level enough to take on the mist monsters. And if you wasn't, whole game start over. Unless you're like me. I save scum that. I saved every chance I could. You have to in this game. I, I mean, you know, you may say that's not the pure way of playing it, but it was... There's no way in today's age I have the patience to play that without being safe scum. Uh, another one of the things, I don't want to think that it's just the world map that is wrong with this. Uh, one thing that I didn't like, and when you got into the alleys, you know, it was still side scroll. It was very uh, reminiscent of uh, Zelda 2 on the NES, but I got to like the second alley when I realized. Holy crap, there's back alleys that you can walk into. I agree. Like, it, it took about two to three towns before I realized that there's a, another area that I have no idea about. Yeah, so I'm, like, over here trying to find a guy to make some bombs, and they're like, hey, he's over here in the back alley, and I'm looking through this whole town three times, and I've not got the patience to hear all these people, you know, all the dialogue, because there is a lot of dialogue, which is fine, but then I'm like, holy crap, I, let me push up. And once I pushed up, it took me into a complete different area. And I'm like, holy shit. So there's basically, I've made it through two, maybe three uh, areas of this town. Or two or three areas, of two or three towns, I guess would be the correct way to say it. Yeah. And I've not even checked the back alleys on this. So uh, I'm like, oh lord, now I've got to go back to these towns. But hey, I don't want to spend 45 minutes of my life, it seems like, traveling all the way across back through these towns in a horrible 3D world map. Which then comes to find out, I guess there is warp points in this that I did not uh, uh, pick up into until like three hours into this game. And that didn't make me happy either. No, I agree. I was about halfway through it whenever I realized that there were warp points. And I'm like, cool, you could have so... like, I understand traveling to the first city. You know, like you have to travel to that city first before you can warp towards it. Fine with that. That's even with modern day games. I'm cool with that. But them not letting you know? Yes. And <laughs> and, and it kind of made sense because you would see areas where they were like designated like a flower or maybe a compass. Like they look different on the map. They do. Not that, you know, there was a whole lot that looked correct with the map. Uh, but then you were just like, oh, that kind of made sense. 
but once again, there wasn't necessarily, I think there was one mention in like one of the first towns and you're like, what the hell? But at the first town, they also tell you, you got to go to the armory, which you would think the armory of a town is in a town. No, it's halfway across a damn map in a cave. Like, is that where you're going to keep all your weapons at? Uh, that, and so then there's not really a rhyme or reason with some of this. Yeah. I agree with that. And, I- and so one thing I did have an issue with, it wasn't horrible was once you did get into some of the dungeons, which were side-scrolling, similar to the town, uh, I thought the fighting part, I, I was cool with that, but uh, uh, some of the rooms were, if you took a wrong turn, you would get stuck in a room where you had to beat like two or three enemies, no big deal. Uh, but there would be several times where you're trying to figure out what you're doing, and you would get trapped in some of these dungeons, fighting the same enemies, same enemies. And it's not like uh, the health and all that stuff is necessarily readily available. When you go to the towns, there's people that will heal you and uh, all that good stuff, but there's not like, not that I really found inside a dungeon somebody that was going to sell you health. You had to fight somebody to get health. Uh, And so sometimes when you're in here trying to figure a dungeon out, and you walk into the same room for the 12th time and it locks the doors and you got to fight the same person. That was a little frustrating. I was not a fan of that, but I'm not going to beat him up too bad on that, I guess. I agree with that as well. Like, I'm fine with respawning monsters and all that, but like I said, one, I mean, there's to a point where you clear the dungeon and it should be cleared, but it's not. And now you could also argue it the other way for farming. You could farm levels that way, which is honestly how I leveled up a lot is I just kept revisiting the same dungeon over and over and over again just to get those levels. That is right. And, and you know, I guess at the end of it, uh, the game is what it, what it says it is. Uh, I do have a problem, like... When a game's designed and they have another intent, a, a specific intention, and it misses the mark, you can't beat them up too much. But this game was specifically made for undirected, player-driven exploration, which I think was the worst part of the game. So it's like the thing that you were trying to do, I thought, was the biggest, the biggest flaw of the game. Uh, now, you know, I think this game probably uh, falls victim to one of these things, like. When I grew up, you had to rent a game from the supermarket, and you were stuck with it all weekend, whether it was good or bad. Uh, A game like this would have been more tolerable if I had two days of nothing to do but play this game. Uh, You have to learn to love that, but the main idea that this game was really trying to get to with the exploration, I felt, was the part that upset me the most. Yeah, and again, I also agree with you on that point. Like I said, growing up with the whole supermarket video games, you ran them, you had them for the weekend. You had to learn how to play it. You couldn't just sit it down. Like, you, what were you going to do? Go back and play one of your old games that you beat a hundred times? But now you, you're stuck. You, like I said, you're stuck with it. So you had to learn to adapt to that game. We don't have time for that anymore. Like, I couldn't adapt to it, but I played it to the best of my ability. And that's saying something, because I'm an Elden Ring and Dark Souls lover. Well, as well, we're not, you know, 12-year-old kids that basically have soccer practice and then they can play video games all day. It's like, you know, I'm sure with, you know, children, uh, wives, life, work, you know, there's a limited time. And uh, 
and this game actually, from what I've seen, takes between like 10 and 13 hours to uh, uh, complete. But, which, you know, kind of goes into the good part of it. But uh, for what it was, I, could, I couldn't put in 13 hours of this game. I have no, I did not beat this game. Uh, I have no intention. I feel no incompletion on not beating this game. I will disagree with you on the whole kids thing because I have kids. I threw them to it. They hated it <laughs> with a imagine. passion. I would imagine. Like even then, like they they say that the games that we used to play as a young as young as younglings. I'll use the Star Wars quote there. As younglings, that our games were not as hard as their games now. And to issue them a challenge, you know, not only did I throw this game at them, but also threw a Mega Man game at them. That's a, that's a different type of hell right there. That is a totally different type of hell. And then I even threw them an easy one. I threw them Mario. They couldn't get past the first level. <laughs> so to, to sum that up is if I invested the time into it, and tried to beat it. I think I could. But like I said, the want's not there. there. There's no completionism that I'm willing to fight through to get that. Like, there's nothing. Like, I'll play it. Which, I played a lot of horrible games. Thanks to you all, too. Because <laughs> we played some really bad stuff that we all played. Because, hey, two of out of the three people we're friends with have that game. So, why not? So, yeah... I don't want to keep beating up on it too much because I think we've uh, covered pretty much most of it. If the game would have just did without the world map, I think I could have been okay with it. Just what you did better was beat them up and you should have stuck to that. So uh, we definitely didn't have a shortage of stuff to talk about what breaks the game. So I guess that'll kind of toss into what makes the game. I did think that by far the beat them up aspect of it was better than a normal RPG uh, uh, beat-em-up combo, should you say. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. I thought the enemies, I mean, the very first enemy I think I encountered was a lizard man with a sword and shield or something. And uh, then you had scorpions. You had the basic stuff that you expect uh, to see. And then you had like some... Slime or something. Yeah. And, and, some bats. And those were, they were perfectly fun. Uh, and, and they did give you some weapons. Like they had like a shuriken type thing and a sword. I didn't really get it. I just wanted to use my my sword. That's all I could figure out. Uh, but the enemies weren't overpowered. But at the same time, uh, I think probably what it was doing good was you didn't have to farm so much. You didn't have to build experience because... You were wandering around this damn world for so long, you were gaining experience. Uh, at the first, it was a little tough building the uh, money to buy stuff. But uh, the jade, I guess, is what it was in this game. Yeah. But uh, the enemies, even the tougher ones, didn't feel like they were unbeatable. It didn't feel like, oh man, I'm going to have to call my neighbor over because he's got a game genie to try to beat this guy. Uh, but at the same time, I think they did, you know, the line, that thin line, they hit it on, they weren't necessarily easy either. You're not going to run through this game without taking damage. So, even though the enemies weren't necessarily, I feel like I was a little overpowered for them, 
at the same time, when you're getting ready to go to a dungeon, you know you need to go to a town and get healed before you go in there. Uh, they're not going to give you this game. They're not going to give you this dungeon for free, but at the same time, it's not going to be like a Battletoads where you got to go through it 15 times because you can't beat the one dang guy. That is one thing I did really enjoy about it. I really enjoyed the whole, like I said, the whole fighting aspect of it was really cool. It was like, like you said, it was the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, and I really enjoyed it. I can't tell you the hours I put in on that game. Just be able to beat it without having, with your three lives. And with this one here, I did farm just for the jade itself. And I did notice one thing about it, is if you farm and get those levels up, the enemy still hits you just as hard. Like, it didn't matter what the levels was, and it didn't matter the enemy. They still hit you the same. And I did like, too, that the bosses, you could definitely tell they were a boss. So even though I feel like I may have went to a dungeon a little overpowered, the bosses were tougher than normal enemies. But once again, they weren't unbeatable. No, they would but, humble you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the first time I fought the, the fire boss or whatever, he killed me. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And then once I, you know, I was still learning how to move up and down the plane uh, vertically, like the uh, Turtles game, uh, it was a whole lot easier. So it was like, I maybe played him twice. Maybe he killed me twice and I played it three times. But at least the bosses were exactly that. Uh, on a, another note, one thing that I did like, because this game doesn't explain a whole lot, was after I killed one of the bosses and I went back into a town that was like, seemed like it was 30 years away on the world map. Once I got there, it went to a cutscene where the big baddies over here talking about, hey, you killed this boss. And so it's like, hey, I must be in the right direction because when it says that it's undirected, it is completely undirected. Yeah. So I felt like I was a little validated when I went back to a town when I had no idea where I should go. And then a cutscene came up and it said, hey, uh, uh, you know, it felt like you were progressing the game, which you didn't get a lot of times. That part did make me feel good about it. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree the validation was there for it, for after you complete a boss or anything of that significance. And, and it wasn't necessarily like you beat him and then the cutscene would come up. I mean, you would be like 10 minutes later in the game and it would come up. And, and another thing that you would say that, you know, with a lot of Super Nintendo games, a lot of the retro games is uh, they're not long enough where they're way too tough. I don't think that this was necessarily the most difficult game I played. I feel like as long as you've got the time to invest, you're going to beat this game. Now, are you going to have a good time with it? That's, you know, completely subjective. But you can't deny that there's plenty of content. And so when you talk about games that have a minimum of, you know, 10 hours of play time to complete it, on the Super Nintendo, I mean, you're talking about the big boys, you know, you're talking the Zeldas, the Final Fantasies, that, and them are really the only ones that come to my mind, but you have to say that there isn't any shortage of content, and I feel like if you did enjoy this game, you could go back and put just as much content in it, uh, or put as much time and find content that you didn't the first time, and that is probably one of the biggest positives I have on this game. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, the whole, like, the 10 hours, the Zelda and the bi the big boys like that. I mean, even uh, the Mario games, Search for the Seven Stars or something like that. It's all the turn-based games that you get those long hours in. That is correct. And with this one here, with it being a, a beat-em-up style RPG game, that was really nice to have that long 10 hours in. 
You know, like I said, that was unheard of at the time. So, again, I do like that, and I do say there's probably a cult following out there for this game that we are not going to please at all. Well, going into the cult following, uh, that's pretty much, before we get there, that's pretty much all that I have that I think the game did really well. I, I do think the graphics were really great on it. Uh, as far as the side-scrolling part, uh, you know, we talked about the world map and it was just clunky. I, I felt like that's what made it that much worse was the side-scrolling was pretty crisp. The controls, everything, once you got into the pseudo 3D world, it was very clunky. So, uh, you know, I don't really have a whole lot more that I was actually impressed with the game. Uh, other than that, did you have anything else, Josh? No, I do not. The only, I mean, I got a question, but I want to know if we ever get to see a dragon or something like that. I've never seen a dragon, but I didn't beat the game either. I didn't uh, either. Do you care enough about this dragon to go back and beat it to see if there is a dragon? If I did, it'd be with all the cheats on. <laughs> Just so I can powerhouse through it. I can tell you, I don't care enough to even go to a YouTube playthrough <laughs> to look at the last 45 seconds to see if there's a damn dragon. I have no need to want to do that. I don't think there's one out there unless we put it out there. So uh, I, that's why I said I was, was going to turn on God mode with all the cheats and just powerhouse through it. Well, we're going to stay uh, as hidden as the Lost Ark because I don't care enough to do that. I'm, I'm okay with that too. So I guess we're going to move into the next section where we just... Uh, you know, general banner on it. Uh, you said that there's a cult following. You could see how there is. I could completely see how there is too. Uh, I have a feeling that if you if you were into RPGs and you hated Zelda: Link to the Past, which you're wrong, and you hated the Final <laughs> Fantasies, and which I get that. No, no, you're wrong on that too. If you could not get down on those, and, and the, they just wasn't your jam, but you wanted to play an RPG, if you hated those games, I could see how you would love this game. Like, it's not for me, but I can see a specific type of player that would just absolutely be about this. And yes, I do think there would be an absolute cult following for this. Uh, I, I can tell you, I'm old. I've never played this game. I've never heard of this game. I've never seen it at the video store to rent. Uh, if it wasn't for the wheel determining which game we would ever play, I couldn't tell you what system this was ever for. But I have a feeling that there's somebody that would come want to burn my house down because I did not know that. Uh, I think it takes a very specific player that wants to play this game. And the only thing I know is that specific player is absolutely not me. Yeah, I mean... I will like I will agree there are specific people that would probably like this game. Uh and I if they do follow this or actually get leaked to this little podcast, they're not gonna like us very well, especially since this is the first episode of it. And but I said I love my RPG games. I've always loved them. And I'm a little younger than you. Not by much, but still. And that was my biggest thing is I loved RPG games. That's why I love my Final Fantasy so much. I love my Link games. Anything that's got to do with any type of RPG game, I love it because of the fact that... So the main character's name was Alex. All right, I went ahead and renamed him because that's my brother's name. All right, for one, he's not going to be the hero. Right. So, no, that can't happen. I do think, too, that the, the game did have a good story to it. That That is probably one of the things that did, uh, you know, probably does this game wonders... But 
it was rough in my opinion. I can go ahead and tell you I've, I've made it 42 years on this planet without playing this game, and it'll be at least 42 more years before I ever want to play this one again. See, the story did intrigue me. I, I did like the whole story mode because it did remind me of a little bit of an older style Final Fantasy storyline to it because, you know, Big Bad shows up, steals girl, young guy, go protect girl. That, that's pretty much what that summed up to. Which, you know, that's most of the Super Nintendo stuff. So, I mean, they were basically catering to the audience. Uh, one thing that was weird is if you would have told me this game came out in like 92, uh, when the Super Nintendo was still relatively young, I would probably have a different outlook on it because I feel like what they were trying to do, and like I say, I love an original game. They shot their shot, and I just feel like it missed. Now, if you would have said, hey, this was one of the first games that came out, uh, they were trying to be ambitious and it didn't work, I have a different level of respect. But this game came out in 94. I mean, it was you know, in the late stages of the Super Nintendo, so I don't know necessarily... The first thing I thought was maybe this is kind of just like a cash grab. Let's put a game out there. But then when uh, it was pretty obvious this was a, a Japanese game that was probably hugely popular. So I don't know necessarily if I'd say it's cult following. Or it was just bigger in Japan. But I did feel like several times when we was playing this game is like if you would ask a guy in Japan what Americans like for RPGs and they had to make it up, it would have been this game. I felt like it was a... A Japanese game made for Americans. Uh, and, and it kind of showed in some of the dialogue and all that. But uh, that references the whole Shirley thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. You would think that somebody's seen one American movie and then they throw that in there, which, while it wasn't the worst thing I've seen in this game, uh, it just was a little weird, you know, because I don't, I don't recall a lot of games that necessarily spoke like that. Uh, so. I guess that's kind of where it is for me. Uh, it's not the worst game I've ever played uh, by any means, but it is not going to hear any praises that have been sung. Like, there's very few things. If you said, hey, I like Dragon Dragon View, uh, I'd say that's cool, and then that's pretty much it. I do not, I do not want to talk to you about Dragon View at a party. Uh, <laughs> I do not want to tell you that, hey, this one time... In 1980 or 1994, I played Dragon View with my brother. I do not want to hear that story, but that could just be me. I would have to ask them how and why. Like I would have to get down to the nitty gritty of what made that game good, personally. Uh, the only thing I can think is literally you had one game you could rent for a whole weekend. And I could see if I had rented this game from the Save-A-Lot, and I was stuck with it for two days because you ran it on a Saturday. We didn't have Blockbuster. They're closed on Sunday, so you got it for two days. You got it until Monday. Yeah. I can understand that if you whine and bellyache for your mom or dad to, to rent this game for you... And it was the only one left, you would the play, only game... You would play the hell out of it because you have nothing else to play. I could understand that that would be the way I, you could fall in love with this game is because there was no other options. But literally, it could be Dragon View... Ugh, and the worst part, I guess, would be if you had a sibling. I think it would be a worse experience trying to play this game with somebody. Arguing. I mean, it's not a two-player game by any means. No, it's not. But, I mean, the only thing you could do is, like I said, if you didn't save scum it, like you say, oh, I made it this far. I made it this far. Yeah, you would have to tag out. You'd be like, hey, I yeah. put an hour in. I don't want to turn 
the Super Nintendo off, even though it does have saves in the game. Uh, it'd be like, hey, you play it for an hour. And I think you'd probably be okay sharing it. But the only way that I could see that if I had a positive experience playing this game is if I had no other game to play. Like if it was that instance where uh, I'm too stubborn to waste my $3 rental, I'm going to play the hell out of it no matter what, which I've done with worse games. But that's the only way that I could see that I would personally fall in love with this game. But uh, I could see how some people that are not into dragons, because I didn't see a dragon in it, uh, <laughs> but super into some weird RPGs would absolutely be down on this. Yeah, like I said, the hard cult following of, not even this game, but just the cult following of RPGs in general... Like, anybody who loves a diehard original RPG game, I can see them falling in love with this game easily. Well, you do know that when you come into cult following, and I've not necessarily uh, researched, I've not found uh, fan pages about this game, but, you know, one thing that the cult following, you know, does have with it is they're not scared to spend some money. So That's true. Would you even take a guess at how much you think this game sells? And I'll give you the price charting and the last couple of eBay solds. If this game loose, like most Super Nintendo games are, how much do you think this game sells for, Josh? I would assume that this game probably sells for maybe a crisp $25 would be my guess. You could not be any more wrong on what you think this of game Of course sells not, for. because... Again, cult followings and everything like that. This thing's probably got a ridiculous number. I think $25 is a fair assessment on what this game should cost. Yeah, but because of collectors and all that yes. stuff. Like, you know, collectors who want to be a completionist, which is what you are, George. Well, I'm You have a list you. of games out there. I would, uh, I would sell this game in a heartbeat and be completely okay without this. So, uh, you're way low. Do you want to take another guess? Like, am like, I... Like, way low, or am I, like, way low? Because there's a difference in the way you say way here of how much I'm going to increase my there price. There is three digits in the price. Three digits. That is correct. Three. For the loose copy. This is For the loose. Lo yeah, you're just this isn't, the... this isn't mint or anything like that. No, this is just a straight-up uh, cartridge copy. Just a straight cartridge. Yes. With, I'm assuming, you know, the label's still readable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. it, uh, still, still presentable. It does, yeah, it's not been left out in the weather. Your neighbor's dog ain't chewed it up. It, it's a good, a good copy. Like, if I was to buy this, if I needed this game, the copy that I would buy that looks like you would expect, what? Is three digits. It's three digits. Oh, God. Okay. With that, then I'm going to multiply mine by 100. I'm going to say a solid 250. I'm going to go with the 250 Okay, well, I'm going to give you the price. You're a little high. I know I, I threw you for a curve. That's fine. The price charting has it at $163. Well, I looked at the last three eBay solds, and basically it looked like it was going between $130 $150. At the same time, there's not a whole lot of them on eBay, so I don't know if it's necessarily they're rare or people want them. So my guess is if you did find this, it's going to sell super I mean, It's going to sell super quick. There's no yeah, doubt on yeah. that. So uh, if I had this game, if I found this at the junk store for $2, I would turn around and sell it for, I'd sell um, it for $100 yeah, tomorrow. Just get profit. And yeah. I would buy a game that I actually enjoy. So even though I do like trying to complete stuff, uh, Super Nintendo set's not going to happen for me. <laughs> and I'm not going to cloud up my wall with this game. 
just uh, for curiosity's sake, do you know what a uh, complete inbox? Uh, I'm talking some crisp stuff. What price charting and eBay has one. eBay only had one complete inbox that sold. Just one. Just one. Okay. So with that just being one. And so the market may be skewed, but at the same time, I yeah. don't know how many price charting is doing too. And there's a little bit of variance in there. That's it. So if I was overshooting with 250 with one that is just standard run-of-the-mill cartridge copy, then I'm going to say probably about 420 you're you're in the range. Okay. Price charting has a complete inbox copy today at three hundred and sixty six dollars and fifty cents, which sounds about accurate. But that when it does, yeah, and I didn't search a lot of avenues. I did get on eBay, and there was one. It had, I mean, it was complete, complete. It had all the stuff. The box looked okay. I mean, it for what it can be on a twenty year old game. Uh, the one that sold on eBay sold for five hundred dollars. So. Uh, I'd feel like that, I mean, that's a big variance between three sixty dollars and, and $500, but at the same time, the copy that did sell on eBay was pretty nice. So it was all, it wasn't meant, but it was like on a grading value, you would probably give a lot, like an eight. Yeah, it, it's, it's seven to eight, but at okay. the same time, you know, if you told me I could buy a complete copy for $360 and I don't see it where I can see the one that they had on there for 500, I wouldn't have had a problem if you love this game this much. So with this being said, if I said, Josh, I'm going to give you, well, before we get there, okay. price charting. I did not see any new ones. Do you know what price charting had a new one on, a new one, the price of? The, the, a new copy, mint and bought, sealed. sealed, sealed. It's got to be a thousand, right? It's got to be close to four digits. You're there. It was $1,173 is what they should. For this game. Sealed. Now that. At the same time, you know, we're post-COVID. Uh, retro gaming's at its hot. People are spending stupid amounts of money. That's true, but this game... It was $1,173. So that part, after hearing what the loose and what the the complete inbox, it wasn't too far-fetched. But uh, let's just put it this way. If I was to say, hey, Josh, uh, I'm going to give you $700 to go buy one at least one your budget seven hundred dollars you can go buy a super nintendo game and i'll pay for it does dragon view even come into the the picture does it tip your scale do you think man this game's expensive i could buy it. would would you do that if you had unlimited funds if i was buying the game would you if buy you this was buying the game and i had one game to choose from would it be this game before now i would say no because I would think there'd be something else out there that's probably worth more, that's more iconic, that people would like. I would probably go for like a Contra, a Contra Two or a Contra Three. I guess. I guess the correct way of doing this. Let me rephrase that. Then, is if I said, "Hey, I'll buy you a two hundred dollar copy of Dragon View, or I'll give you seventy five dollars cash. Which would you rather have?" I would have the cash. Absolutely. That is the correct yeah, answer. There I would have the cash. There is no way. If I said, hey, I bought this game for $200, please slap me across the damn face. Like, if I bought it for $100. Now, if you were buying it to flip, I can understand looking for an investment. Yeah. But this game was pretty tough, and I do not think that it does tip the scale on what I would want to play on uh, average day-to-day. -day. So, 
that was just kind of a fun fact because eleven hundred. That was for that's new sealed. Now new sealed. I'm sure if we looked up some horrible sports games, they probably sell for a penny too. New sealed, but uh, I, I do feel for our first game. We did get an expensive one. We uh, did. We did get one that had a lot of content. And even though I've beat up on this game quite a bit, uh, one part that I'm not sure if you're aware of is we're going to rank every one of the games that we play on a scale of 1 to 700 and something. So uh, we're not going to say, hey, this was, you know, number 82. We're going to rank them on a live scale. So by default, with this being our first game, this is, this is at my number one this game. This is number one, and whether regardless. you like it or not, this is your number one game. And while I feel like there's probably people out there that would argue that this is their favorite, their number one game on the system, this will be the only time that this game is considered. <laughs> this game, the only time it will be on the Mount Rushmore of Super Nintendo games is because we played it first. Yeah, well, we weren't lucky with like a Mario, a classic that everyone loved. Now, it, you know, there's no doubt if we play a classic that's a great game, it's going to definitely bump this one down. Uh, and we're going to have updated, we'll keep everyone, about every 25 games that we play, we'll go revisit. We'll revisit, try to move them up and we'll, organize the chart. We'll talk about where we were wrong and where we were right, but uh, even though that I, I feel like I'm pretty hard on this game and I didn't have a great time with it, there's worse games out there. So this one's not immediately going to go to number two <clears throat> after we play the next game. But uh, uh, let's say, if you gave me a normal rating for this, Easily run the mill. I'd give this a four out a four out of ten. Probably. I think I think that's pretty fair on that. Uh, uh, it's just what it did good was really good, and what it did bad was super duper bad. Like it was yeah. horrible, and it was one side of the spectrum versus the other side of the spectrum. There was no middle ground. I, if it, if I said they done it good, they done it great. They done it terrible. They done it terrible. Probably my favorite part of this game is it just even though the story wasn't, you know, it was fine. It was original. And in today's day and age, it's tough to find something that is original. So I don't have any beef with that. But I would say if, if you said 4 out of 10, I would I would agree with that. Uh, if I had to play it, I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, there's about a million other things that... There's a million other things I'd rather play than this. But at the same time, there's way worse games that we are going to play than this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. I do not feel like I'm a, a better player for playing this game, but uh, uh, I could go ahead and tell you if I play anything that's Dragon View or Draken or whatever, the Super Draken, if there's any sequels to it, at least I know now exactly what you're getting into. Uh, there is no need for me to ever want to play this game. No, like I said, we gave it the old college try. That was it. Uh, there's games that you know you fall short of beating, and you're just like, I want to go back and do it, and I uh, have no will to ever want to do yeah. that again. So I just got one question. I want to know if there's ever a dragon in it. That's just me personally. Somebody can find the YouTube video and link it to us with the uh, uh, time that this dragon shows up, or if you've got some you <laughs> dragon view cults. You give us the lore of the dragon because it was it was missed on us. Uh, uh, I felt like there should be a dragon in there, and there may be, but it well, may be all related to the first game that it, it we did not be. get. <coughs> it's kind of. I'm with you. I don't. I don't really think I have anything else to talk about on this. Uh, I think we've uh, beat it up and uh, did as about as much as we can on it. I agree with that. I, I think that. I think this puts 
Sadly, this game at the top of our list as of right now. It is number one. We're part of that cult for at least another week or two. Yep. All right, well, this is George, and I'm signing off, and there's... This is Josh. See you later.